Hey everyone, welcome to another Zacks of Life podcast. Uh, we are going to be breaking down some Marvel news, uh, another episode of Loki, how much is that cameo, another draft, Mike Mack, Kyle Burbank, bringing you all the Marvel fun again. What's going on, Kyle? You don't sound like you're having much fun. Oh, I'm having all the fun right now. I, I'm I'm exhausted. It's been weirdly like, well, I guess not weirdly. It's been very stormy here in Orlando. Uh, really? As the summer in summer? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been like every day has just been gray. I feel like I haven't seen the sun since I left California, really. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been like my apartment right now is just very nappy. Gotcha. Well, you should. <laughs> I was going to send you a screenshot of my weather report for the next week. I'm like, it looks like I moved to Florida because there's just <laughs> you know lightning cloud icon every day. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that's that's what I'm dealing with. Uh, but no, I I am excited. We had another fun episode of Loki. Um, some interesting Marvel news that we'll get to talk about too. So why don't we jump right into that? All right. So over in Disneyland Paris, which uh, are you still an annual pass holder over there? I am. It doesn't expire until October, so I'm hoping I'll get to go there by then. But things are uh, looking up on that front. Very much. Very so. cool. Like I think I could go tomorrow. I, well, here's the thing. My friend um, is going. He actually got a film accepted to the Cannes Film Festival. So oh, he's wow. going over there next month, and then he's going to Disneyland Paris afterwards. And so he's like, "Oh, you should come over uh, the time that I'm there." Uh, and then I, as soon as I get off the phone with him and go to look at the dates, I get an email from Benji saying that like two other people on our team already have those dates off. So <laughs> unfortunately, that's not going to work out. Uh, well, I mean, either way, you should be trying to get a Disneyland Paris trip. Uh, as soon as possible to go check out the new hotel, New York art of Marvel hotel that just, uh, well, reopened slash open for the first time. Yeah. It opened for the first, I don't think it ever did open before it was supposed to. I don't think it reopened with, uh, went for that brief period where Disneyland Paris was open. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So I, I wasn't sure if this was just like, I'm not very familiar with Disneyland Paris cause I've never been there before. I am, Looking forward to eventually getting over there, but I wasn't sure if the Hotel New York was a thing prior to oh, sorry, the Art yes. of Marvel. Yeah, no, I'm saying the Art of Marvel has never opened before, but yes, New York, Hotel New right. York has been there. Um, this was just like a complete overhaul of it. Yeah, Hotel right, New York is right. one of the original ones that's been there since 92. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> So we, I mean, I don't have a ton to say about this because, I mean, this is a podcast and it's the art of Marvel. So it's a very visual uh, medium to take in. But I'll just say it looks awesome. A lot of the artwork in the rooms is really cool. They have the, the themed restaurants and bars with, uh, you know, the New York skyline and Iron Man flying by and some really cool stuff like that. So uh, you can check out our post on laughingplace.com or multiple posts about this this new hotel. Uh, it looks really, really cool. I, I'm excited to check it out whenever I can manage to get over there. Yeah, I think this was an awesome way to do it personally because it's not like definitely has that like you were saying, the Skyline Bar has that sort of cool technology where you're going to be seeing Marvel characters, but it's not gaudy. It's not pop century Marvel, which I right. don't think I would enjoy. This is like very high end, like actual artists doing these things all sorts of different types of artwork incorporated in different ways. So I think it looks gorgeous because that hotel was always kind of cartoony. Well, as nice as it was, it was kind of silly that they had like a giant 
Mets logo on the ground. I think they probably <laughs> had the Yankees one too, so maybe you would have liked that. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great location too. Um, obviously, the Disneyland Hotel is right above Disneyland, the gates of entry uh, for Disneyland Paris. So that might be your top pick, but Hotel New York is also uh, quite close. So, And yes, our, our friend Edith, who was a Disney Trivia Live player, uh, she lives in Ireland, and so Disneyland Paris is her home park. So she was nice enough to send us some firsthand photos from her trip there. Yeah, which is all that was really cool to see that Edith was covering that uh, for Laughing Place. And I, I, I have to wonder, how long of a ride to Disneyland Paris is that? I'm, I'm not... I'm, I'm geographically challenged. I know it's not that close, though. Well, I think she took the channel. Um, <laughs> and I'm not did even she or did you just that. want to she say channel? That. No, she's talked about taking the channel. Uh, but I mean, I guess she also could have flown. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'll Google it while you move on to the next story. Okay. I'll give you an update. Well, yeah, I, I do want to just say, too, that I, I totally agree with your sentiment that uh, it's a really, really cool idea, like the way that they went about bringing Marvel to this hotel, because obviously... The history of Marvel Comics, there's been so much fa- like fantastic artwork, and it's just really cool to, to see it you know, brought into an experience like this. So, uh, like I said, excited to check it out whenever I get the opportunity. The other bit of Marvel news we wanted to talk about was we got a brand new trailer for uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, what did you think about this new trailer? I liked it. I hadn't... I only saw it this morning... Um, but I really like the the look of it. I think it looks. Fun. There was one shot that I thought Eternals for a second, um, <laughs> like when they're on the, the like a beach or something. Yeah, yeah, the four of them or whatever. I was like, oh wait, is this the right movie? But uh, other than that, no, I think it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it it, it definitely looks like it's going to be like very much like Eternals. It looks visually very impressive. The action is is very different from anything we've seen in Marvel, and yet it looks like there's a lot of it. So that should be very entertaining. Uh, we also got two interesting things. So there's a scene where uh, Shang-Chi is underwater and encountering a dragon of some sort. The thought is out there that it might be Fin Fang Foom. Very possible to see that legendary Marvel character appear in this movie. Also, we got a quick fight scene in some sort of, you know, Kung Fu-like fight club somewhere. And... It appears that Abomination, the villain from The Incredible Hulk, is in there uh, putting on a fight. So that is a very interesting appearance. Uh, what, what was your reaction when you saw that? Did you did you question that right away? Well, I had seen a bunch of stuff on Twitter, not actually like looking at Twitter, but just seeing things that were trending. Uh, I didn't think much about it, quite honestly. I was just kind of letting the trailer wash over me. Maybe I'll need to watch it again and pay a little bit more attention. Yeah, I, I joked afterwards that uh, Abomination, we know Abomination is going to be in She-Hulk. And She-Hulk is a lawyer. They've hyped this show up as like a courtroom uh, comedy, basically. So I, I've joked that his whole appearance in that show is just going to be about suing. Uh, well, I said Shang-Chi at the time, but I don't think it was actually Shang-Chi that he's fighting in that scene. Uh, but he's just going to be trying to sue whoever he's fighting for injuries that he received in that fight. <laughs> so, but yeah, I am excited for uh, this movie. I, I think it looks unique i think it looks like a lot of fun i feel like we still haven't gotten a ton of the story and how this might tie into the larger mcu but you know you can rely on a a, a post-credit scene to do that really without much else needed so i'm definitely excited for it uh so by the way 
it looks like it's about a 13 hour drive from Dublin to Paris. So that's a hike. Shorter, short, <laughs> well, you know, we drive to Florida and that's 16. So we're also okay. a little nutty. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. We are, we are straight up crazy people here at laughing place. So <laughs> yeah, we'll drive that straight through. No problem. <laughs> uh, all right. You ready to talk about Loki? Let's do it. Okay, so this third episode that we got here was definitely different from the first two. Uh, we joked about the first one being feeling like a bottle episode uh, with them being pretty much in the TVA and even in one room the whole time. And the second episode was not much different. They got out to some other locations a little bit, but it was still predominantly in the TVA. This one was barely in the TVA. We had a, a couple of minutes in there. And aside from that, it was all about Loki and who we now know as Sylvie being stranded on this moon, one of the apocalypses that uh, Sylvie was using to hide out in. And uh, she points out that this is the worst one. Nobody makes it off this moon alive. And so that's what this whole episode is about, is them trying to get off of this moon. Uh, I had two different people reach out to me and say, you know, I hate filler episodes. And that's what the, they were referring to this episode being a filler episode. Did you feel like that was the case? I didn't feel it was a filler episode. I mean, there are only six of them, so doesn't seem like they they need filler it's not like they need to do 22 of them i would say it's not it's my least favorite of the three but i didn't think it was filler by any stretch yeah and for the record i totally agree with you i don't think it was filler uh we talked on tv club about about this and and uh mike c pointed out that uh he thought the writing was was the weakest and i agree i think this 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 is my least favorite of the three episodes i agree with what you said there um, but I still, I still found it very entertaining. I thought we got a lot of character development between Loki and Sylvie. And I mean, there we'll get to some more of the, the bigger stuff in this episode, but uh, we got two pretty big reveals. One of them already, you know, being mentioned that the, it, her name is Sylvie. Uh, but the other one it changes up the story a little bit, I think. So I thought there was a, a decent amount that happened in this episode to really progress the story. So I should probably mention the significance of that name, Sylvie. And... We talked last week and we talked on Marvel Time and on everything, really, where we thought this Loki variant might be the MCU's version of the Enchantress. And it looks like that is the direction we are going here, because Sylvie Lushton is a uh, a character in the comics who becomes the second version of the Enchantress uh, and eventually actually even joins the, the Young Avengers. So interesting that they would set up to go potentially go that direction uh, we we know we're setting up the young avengers um but even just to to bring us the enchantress and do it in this way like she's a different version of loki so i like it um what are your thoughts did were you hoping for this to be enchantress or were you hoping for them to go in a different direction well i would need to know who that is before you told me to have an opinion <laughs> about it uh no obviously like when it was nice to have a name and because, you know, a lot of people were saying, like, Lady Loki, and then you point out it might be a version of the Enchantress. So it was nice once she gives the name, then you plop that into Google, and you're like, oh, okay. Looks <laughs> like Mac was closer at the moment. <laughs> right. And I can't fully take credit for that. That was a theory that was out there from a lot of people. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think when she was starting to use those enchantment powers, and Loki even said the word enchantment, uh, I think that made a lot of sense that they would go in that direction. So I like it. I, I think they're doing a good job of, of giving us a comic book character and putting a new twist. And so it's something original. So I, I, I do like what they're doing with that character. They should have called her Ella. 
Yes, just tie into other Disney properties. Is that a Disney movie? Ella Enchanted? Is it not? Oh, you know what? I was just confusing it with Enchanted. Giselle? Sure. <laughs> I, I've never seen it. I've actually never <laughs> seen Enchanted. Or, or Ella Enchanted, for that matter. Yeah, me neither. One thing I want to point out from early in this episode was that uh, Sylvie is making her way through the Minutemen, like just one after the other, just dropping them as she makes her way through the TVA, trying to get to the timekeepers. And then uh, she, you know, encounters Loki. They have a little a little scuffle. And then they get interrupted by Ravana with a couple of Minutemen. And when Ravana comes after them, Sylvie doesn't just take her out so easily. Instead, Loki has to use the temp pad to drop them uh, through a, through a gate into Lamentus One, which is that that uh, that moon that we we're talking about, that apocalypse. So I thought it was interesting that they kind of built up Ravana in that way. That it, you know, she can't just so easily be taken out like any one of those nameless guards. Yeah, it also made me wonder. I mean, I don't think that this is actually a thing, but just the way that she went through them so quickly, I was almost thinking it reminded me of like um, Edge of Tomorrow, that sort of or boss level, I guess, <laughs> where. <laughs> They're, you know, reliving these things. And so she knows exactly what to do. I don't think that's what it is at all, but that's just what it made me think of. I was like, I guess that could be a thing with all this time travel. Who knows how many times she's actually gone through this. That's that's a really good point. Yeah, she might have, you know, already torn her way through those guards so many times. Interesting. That is something that could come back into play later on. I'm, I'm very intrigued by that idea. Hadn't even thought of that. Um, I mentioned Lamentus One, and I, I just want to explain really quickly. This uh, this location did have a role in the comics. It was a very small role, but interestingly, it was in the beginning of um, the Annihilation series. So, you know, it kind of ties into an apocalypse. I, I like that they kind of, you know, chose a location from the comics, even if it didn't have a huge role in the comics. Uh, to, you know, just another nice little Marvel touch in there. One of the biggest stories to come from this episode is, of course, uh, the conversation between Loki and Sylvie, uh, in which Syl- they're they're talking about the concept of love, which Loki goes off in a hilarious tangent and trying to come up with an analogy for it and calls it a dagger and none of it ends up working. But uh, there are a lot of funny moments in this episode. But uh, they're talking about love and, and uh, Sylvie mentions... You were a prince. There must have been some princesses or maybe another prince. And Loki says a bit of both. So uh, and then Kate Heron, the director, tweeted out that day that, um, you know, it was really important for her to have Loki embrace his uh, bisexuality, which uh, was a part as a part of his life and a part of her life as well. So I thought, I mean, that was a really cool moment. Marvel has been very good about inclusion lately. And that, you know, that was just another step in that direction. Yeah, I remember a while back, um, like we've had, you know, uh, queer characters in in Marvel, in the MCU before, like uh, Joe Russo's cameo, practically cameo in Endgame. Right. Um, but I remember Kevin Feige said something about there would be a, I forget exactly what word he used, but there'd be a, you know, LGBTQ uh, Marvel character, like a main character coming up. And a lot of people were thinking Captain Marvel, but I wonder if he was referring to this now. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about that since this episode came out. That's a good point. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense that he would have been referring to Loki. So yeah, just another uh, another cool moment in this episode. I think we we kind of assumed that uh, given. I mean, we saw the um, the documents in a previous episode and in some of the marketing for the show that uh, there was gender Loki is gender fluid basically. So 
so yeah, I, I like that they just outright said that uh, in this episode. Uh, I mentioned that there are a bunch of funny moments throughout this episode. One of them that we have to at least briefly touch on here was Loki, drunk Loki, or I'm sorry, not drunk, just very full Loki. <laughs> finishes a drink and then smashes the glass and says another, uh, of course, calling back to one of the, the funniest moments in the first Thor film where Thor tries coffee for the first time and smashes the mug and, you know, yells another. I, I like that they I like that they referenced that. I'm trying to remember back when we drafted the funniest lines in the MCU. Did, did anybody pick that one? I think I don't remember if I said it, but it was on my list for uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, I'll have to revisit that and see if anybody actually drafted it. But, but this goes uh, right to your point you were talking about last week about how some of Loki's actions and the way he's delivering some lines reminded you of Chris Hemsworth. And so here you go is a direct lift. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I got more of that in this episode, too, aside from just that line, too. Just his delivery uh, feels a lot like Thor and, and Hemsworth in general. So, um, yeah, I, I like that they're and they've really opened up Loki and he's, you know, obviously this is the most screen time he's had being that it's his show, but just getting to to hear from him so much more and, and seeing him open up in different ways is, has been really fun. So on top of learning the name Sylvie, I mentioned there was another big reveal in this episode and it was a conversation between Loki and Sylvie and, and Loki is asking about the, the hunter that, that Sylvie had to get the information from. And she explains that, that he, that she, had to create an illusion within her mind to to drag this old, old memory out from her head and from back when she was human, when she lived on Earth. And that shocks Loki because he was told that the TVA agents were created by the timekeepers to work the TVA. And so she explains that, no, they were, they were all humans. They were all variants. Or I guess she doesn't say they're all humans. They're all variants of some sort. I guess we could find out that some of them are, uh, you know, other alien races and stuff like that. But they are variants who have basically been mind wiped because Loki points out they don't know that. So like Mobius, for example, might have just been somebody living on Earth who has had his mind wiped uh, to now work in the TVA. Yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> and which changes the, the the way that you look at this, really. I mean... We talked last week about how, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, where, where Mobius was, you know, he, he kind of, not to steal the word lamentous here, but he laments his whole life being dedicated to the TVA and, and never getting out to experience. It, it was last week because he was talking about the jet skis. Yeah. And so now we know that, or at least we think we know, I guess, you know, Sylvie could be lying. Who knows? But uh he has lived a life previously. Maybe he owned jet skis. Maybe he sold jet skis. I don't know. Maybe that's where that comes from. But uh, yeah, so really interesting that this adds a whole new layer to this show. Yeah, I mean, like we're saying, we're very careful. I saw a lot of things be like, uh, they confirm this theory. I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's confirmed. Like, sure. <laughs> it depends on how much you trust Sylvie and her information. Like, I, I take it at face value. Uh, I'm inclined to, but... Yeah, maybe pump the brakes. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if Sylvie is in fact a, a Loki variant, can you really trust anything Loki or any Loki tells us? Uh, which brings me to my next point, actually, here. Uh, this whole, the whole idea going on with this episode is they use this device, the, the temp pad, to jump to this apocalypse. Uh, and 
need to get out of there before, you know, everything goes wrong. But when they get there, conveniently, the temp pad needs to be recharged. So they need to find a power source to recharge it. And Loki is holding on to it the whole time. So Sylvie is forced to work with Loki. It's a whole thing. And Loki, they are eventually thrown from a train. And when they land, Loki reveals that the temp pad has been broken. I don't, I don't know that we can trust that. <laughs> I mean, Loki obviously you know, has, he's a trickster. I, I don't know that maybe the temp pad never even needed to be charged in the first place, but I guess we'll find out because the way that this episode comes to a close, which I want to go back in a second to talk about the whole final scene, but they are trying to get off the planet or off the moon on this arc that everybody is trying to get off on to, uh, to survive. And at the last minute there, they see it get destroyed. And so they are stranded on Lamentus one, for this apocalypse, which seems to be coming in the next few minutes. So my thought is, I don't know if you have a different solution for how they're going to get off Lamentus One, but my thought is the Tempad is probably going to suddenly start working. <laughs> I think that's possible. Um, my other question about this, and again, I'm not making official uh, theorizations here. My, I guess it was more of just a thought is, if, like in theory, everything the reason that they can't detect them is because okay, we're saying like everyone's going to die anyway. And so everything still ends up the way it should, but these, but Sylvie and Loki aren't supposed to die on Lamentus one. So it That's seems like point. that would cause, if they did, then that would cause um, a variation, but because they're already variants, like, I don't know. That, that was my thought was that they're not supposed to die there. And so that would cause a branch. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, you're throwing a paradox out there. Easy paradox. Yeah. If the variant dies where they're not supposed to, is that does that create a branch or does it just do rate? I don't know. That's that's a really good question. I, I did think, too, that the other solution would be the TVA showing up to save them at the last possible minute. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that goes uh, in next week's episode. But. I want to go back a little bit and talk about that final shot. And I do mean final shot because the last three minutes of this episode is all done in one shot. And it was beautiful. It looked a little CGI heavy to me, like especially like there's a part where they kind of like fall down or forward or something. It looked kind of weird to my eye, the entire thing. Um, but no, I thought it was very well done. I don't think... I think there's tricks in there. I don't think they actually managed to shoot all of that in one real shot. I think there's probably some, some seams if you're looking, but yeah, you might be right about that. I, you're, you're right. I mean, a lot of, it was all definitely green screened, and I mean, it's literally a city crumbling around them. So this wasn't obviously practical and you might be right that they might've done some tricks in there, but at least in the you know, appearance, it appears to just be one continuous shot and the way that the camera moves throughout the crumbling city and these fight scenes that are happening, uh, it was just, it was done very well. I thought, you, and you're right. I mean, there was definitely, you know, CGI kind of, kind of wonky in some spots, but I mean, there's so much happening that you can easily look past that. And I, this, this brought me back to uh, the first season of Daredevil on Netflix, that, that hallway fight scene that they did. Uh, and that was literally just set in one hallway it was re- very well done. People talked about it for a long time afterwards. It was incredible. But uh, this, you know, was on a much bigger scale. As I said, it was all throughout a city as it was collapsing around them. So definitely a really, really cool finish to this episode. Yeah. No, I thought it was pretty cool and stylistic. 
overall. So yeah, that is where we leave off with episode three. Uh, I I agree. This is not my favorite of the three episodes, but I still enjoyed it very much. I thought the characters are very entertaining. I thought we got a lot of character development for them. And then, like I said, two pretty big plot points delivered in this. And it was also the most action-heavy episode. So I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was very much... Uh... Okay, so I was going to say a road to film, as if I've actually seen any of those films and not just the Family Guy versions, but that's what it was kind <laughs> of like. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, I'm with you on that one. Uh, but I, I will happily jump on board with any Family Guy reference, so. All right, you ready to get into our, our fun stuff? Of course. How much is that cameo? All right, another round of how much is that cameo this week? Uh, I'm on a hot streak, and by hot streak, I mean I did slightly better than Becca last week, and that's about as good as I can hope for. So uh, joining us this week for how much is that cameo, and of course the draft afterwards, will be Jeremiah returning for his second uh, go-around here, but first time playing how much is that cameo. Yay, I can't wait to find out how much is that cameo in the window. (laughs) I mean, I guess technically it is in a window if you're using a browser. Uh, So that makes sense. (laughs) Wow, that was a stretch. But sure, let's go. All right, uh, Kyle, who are we we guessing for this week? Well, keeping in line with my thing from last week, I'm actually going to try to play you guys the audio of this person's cameo introduction, and then we'll talk a bit more about their roles. So here we go. Hey, this is Frank Grillo. Um... Captain America and the Purge. I'm excited to be on Cameo and uh, talk to my fans. So let's do it. So in case you didn't get that, that is Frank Grillo. He plays Crossbones in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and Captain America Civil War. So obviously pretty big name here. So I have to ask you guys, how much is that Cameo? Yeah, this is a tough one because I've been guessing way too high for these smaller names you've been giving us. And then I got closer last week, and now I feel like I'm completely resetting everything here. Uh, This is tough. Jeremiah, do you want me to go first, or do you want to set the bar here? Um, You go first. Let me think. I'm not looking at the website, I promise. (laughs) Well, I guess that's true. true. (laughs) That's, <laughs> I guess that's something we've never really uh, accounted for is, you know, uh, somebody could easily just look this up. But, uh, ooh, this is this is difficult. I, I really like Frank Grillo, by the way. He's uh, fantastic. And every, he's the star of the movie Boss Level, a Hulu original, which was really, really good. Highly recommend checking it out. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, man, uh, I'm going to say $150 for Frank Grillo. Okay. See, I, I was thinking up that area, but I was going to go just a little bit lower. So do we play the uh, closest without going over? We, we do. You can go over, but if there's a tie, the person who's under is the winner. Okay. So I was thinking like 125. I, I don't think he's the 150 mark, but, you know, 125. I was, I was originally even going 75 when we're just like, eh, purge. But I'm in 125. Well, then that makes Mac the winner this week because Ooh. Frank Grillo's cameo is $250. Wow. Wow. That's the first time I've gone low, I think. Uh yeah, that I mean he's a he's a movie star. Not not a big movie star, I guess, but yeah, he's starred in some stuff and and you know, a couple Marvel role well, the same role, but a couple in a couple of movies, so makes sense. 
I think but, the other thing here is, you know, sometimes they price these where you can tell they don't want to do a ton of them. They want to price it in a way right. that they just do a few and make the same amount of money. So it's all about the figuring it. Some of these, it's not like they're overvaluing themselves. They're just got a different uh, market. Yeah. But could you really see, like, do either of you think, do you have a friend to go, you know, I have the perfect gift. Crossbones <laughs> cameo. That that would be the like, oh my god, I'm so excited I got this message. I think if I bought Mac this cameo, I think he'd freak out. Like of the ones we've done, this is probably one of the top ones. Yeah, yeah it is it is definitely the biggest name we've done here. And you're right. I, I would be very excited about Frank Grillo cameo, but then I would to agree with Jeremiah a little bit here. I'd be like, wait, you paid $150 for that? You're crazy. No, two fifty. <laughs> Oh, two hundred. You're right. Sorry, two fifty, two hundred and fifty dollars for that. Yeah, that's why I I stick to the singer of from Weedus. To right. right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Was that like right. fifty? It was. Ew. I'm not gonna tell you how much I paid for his cameo. Now that I think about it. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to draft? Yeah. Yeah. What if I told you we were putting a team together? All right, so this week, with summer just officially starting this past week, we uh, are fully in the middle of of the Disney vacation season now, and so we decided we are going to draft Marvel characters to join us on our Disney vacation. So uh, that should be a fun one to try and word for the tweet later on, but we'll figure that out when we get there. So, uh, Jeremiah, you've done this before. You know how it works. Uh, Would you like to pick first, second, or third? I will pick first because I feel like my first choice is probably a very easy one. And I could see either of you going this way. So I'll go first. That makes that makes sense. I think I have one, too, that I think is is probably the obvious pick. Kyle, you pick first between the two of us this time. So you will have the second pick. I have the third pick. And uh, just to explain to the listeners, it is a snake draft. So uh, I will have the first pick in the second round and so on. We'll continue to alternate like that. Uh, so, Jeremiah, you are on the clock here. Uh, the first one, easiest in the Marvel Universe, uh, Tony Stark. He can pay for everything. We don't have to worry about it. And imagine the fun that we could have at Disney Springs on his bill after a fun day <laughs> in the park. We're golden. Yeah, that's a great pick. I actually have one that I think I would take over him. But, uh, yeah, no, was definitely near the top of my list for sure. All right, second pick. Kyle, you are up. All right. Well, that was definitely on my list as well. So now I got to think which <laughs> elements are the most important to me. Wait, you're picking elements? Yes, elements. <laughs> um, well, I'll say I am a big fan of park hopping, being from the West Coast, where it's easy to do such things. Walt Disney World, not quite as easy. So I'd like to make that a little bit simpler. So I'm going to uh, rely on Quicksilver to get us around. All right, I like it. I, I thought about Quicksilver. Uh, didn't actually make my list, but I, I do like it. I just think I would probably, between him running me back and forth and then jumping on one ride after another, probably be a little bit of motion sickness involved there. Yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking Quicksilver at one point, <laughs> and then I kind of went, wait, he can run fast. That doesn't help me much. <laughs> well, he can also, you know, kind of pause time. He can help with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually pause time, but you know, it's like similar. 
Oh, could definitely be helpful for sure. You you could be like in, you know, Animal Kingdom and be like, hey, Quicksilver, go run and get me this thing from from Epcot. And then, you know, he's back in a second. So you're good. Um, okay, so I am on the clock now with two picks. Uh, and the one that I thought was uh, first I, is still there for me. So uh, the one thing that can really ruin your vacation, whether it's Disney or anywhere else, really, I mean, it's the weather. So I am going to have beautiful sunny skies, 70 degrees. I'm de- taking Storm to join me on my vacation. Good pick. That That is one I did not even think of. I applaud you on that one. Especially in the summer, if you're at Walt Disney World, it's going to rain. But guess what? Not anymore. And then, all right, my second pick here. Uh, I, I'm worried. I have two that I want, and I'm worried that one of them that you're gonna you're gonna get the other one. Uh, one of you is going to take them. But I'm gonna I'm all right. I'm gonna get a little bit dark here. Uh, the other thing on top of the weather that can kind of put a damper on your your Disney vacation is. Well, the, the, the parks get a little bit crowded, right? So if we could, you know, reduce those crowds by maybe half, uh, <laughs> I'm taking Thanos, and you better believe he's using those Infinity Stones. <laughs> nice. But here's the thing, and I, I said this when he snapped the first time. Would you want to be part of the 50% that's left or part of the 50% that's gone? I mean, if you could pick and choose... Who's in the park? You know, do you, what if the fifty percent is pure tour groups? Do you want to be in the park still? <laughs> I, well, li- listen, it, it's just going to be for my Disney vacation. Thanos can put everything back to normal once once we're we're done. Uh, so it really doesn't matter. It's just getting those crowds cut in half, and I'm good. Nice. All right, Kyle, back to you and your second your second pick here. All right. Well, you know. Disney is all about fun. And as Disney fans, a lot of the times I feel like we end up taking people to the parks who might not really enjoy them as much as we do. So I want to take someone who's really going to enjoy it and soak up the experience. So I'm going to take Peter Parker because I feel like he'd be my guy. Yeah, I thought about Peter Parker as well. Yeah, he he would definitely be the fun. And, uh, you know, then he goes flying through the air in Avengers Campus if needed. Yeah, I like it. That's that's a solid pick. He he would definitely be a lot of fun to be around, which that is the one concern about my Thanos pick is I don't know how much fun he would be at a Disney park. But, uh, you know, I went with uh, problem solving over fun, I guess. But, on, uh, right. Thanos with mouse ears on and eating <laughs> with. I mean, that's the perfect vacation right there. Right. <laughs> All right, Jeremiah, we're back to you now for your second and third pick. Oh, no. Okay, for my second pick, I'm actually repeating a pick that I had for my last one. And this one, I kind of, I was searching through all the Marvel characters going, okay, who would be the best option for this? And while there are different choices, this is one of the only ones that can control, really, how he does this. And it'd be Kang. I I want time travel. I want to go back to... Uh, 17th, 1955. I want to go to October 1st, 1971. You know, if we could have a Disney vacation where we're there opening day, I'm all about that. Yep, absolutely. That was, so it wasn't Kang, I was going to say, and I'll just throw this out there because I'm not going to take him because it would be for the same reasons. Uh, I was going to pick Mobius 
And yeah, for that that same time travel element, we should probably plug that we have a tool on laughingplace.com right now that Cole uh, made that allows you to see the park maps from every year of their operation. Uh, it's really, really cool. It's a lot of fun to check out. So you can find that on laughingplace.com. And yeah, you you are you absolutely nailed it. You can go any point in time. Not only that, but do you want to see what rides Magic Kingdom is opening in 2050? Go ahead. You yeah. can do any of that. <laughs> uh, you know, and we can arrive in the morning, jump to the late afternoon when it starts to cool off after the rainstorms. We could go to, you know, any point we want. And right. riding the... You start in the mine train, then you go to Big Thunder, and then you go to whatever is going to take its place in 30 years. Yeah, I love it. That's a great pick. And I, I'm looking back at it. I'm like, I probably should have taken him over Thanos, but that's okay. I, I was <laughs> looking at all the different time travelers, but really, you know, Cable and Bishop were two that are looking at, and they don't really time travel so much as have tech to time travel. Right. Controls. You know, I, I looked at Morbius also, but or Mobius. Morbius. Yeah, not Morbius. Morbius would be would not be very fun. No, especially <laughs> in the day. <laughs> okay, so are we ready for my third? Because you guys are both going to mock me endlessly for this. And oh, I'm excited. really just if I've ever pulled a technicality out of anything, this would be the one. So do either of you remember the 80th anniversary uh, Marvel comic that was put out two, three years ago? Three years ago. The Yeah, the the Marvel Comics number 1000. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Do you yeah. remember the special version that was given out at D23 Expo that uh, brought a certain character into the Marvel Universe? I do not. Mickey Mouse. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I I know he's not a a true like, but they even made a point during the Marvel panel. Whereas the history, they said we you know we're all one company, so we brought Mickey Mouse into the Marvel universe, and he is on the cover. I kind of thought yeah. of uh, Dreamfinder for that same reason because they had that. Ooh, I forgot about Disney that, Kingdoms but... is Marvel. Yeah, yeah, right. Cool. <laughs> all right so yeah you went you went full kyle uh and drafted <laughs> mickey mouse <laughs> um if you if you weren't aware we did a basketball team's draft where kyle drafted lebron james so uh <laughs> so uh all right mickey mouse is your third pick interesting yep. so i guess i guess he probably has some pull at any uh disney park or disney cruise or whatever you want to do with your disney vacation so oh, probably we, I, I should have gone Namor for the Disney Cruise Line. Imagine the fun we could have then. <laughs> well, you still have another pick, so. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Kyle, you're up with your third pick now. All right, yeah, my penultimate pick. Um, well, you know, I feel like with virtual queues and FastPass Plus and dining reservations, so much of this stuff is technical now. So I'm thinking that if we get Shuri, she could probably figure out some sort of cool automation to make sure that uh, all that's taken care of for us. So I'm going to take her. You know, I had a very similar thought. And now you got me questioning what I want to do with my last couple picks here. Shuri's a solid pick because Shuri, on top of being able to figure that stuff out for you, she's also just going to be a lot of fun to hang out with on that vacation. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's a solid pick. Um, all right. Now I have to decide. Oof. 
So I have my last pick. I knew what I wanted to do from the beginning because I was pretty sure nobody was going to was gonna do that. And it's going to be the first time this character has ever been drafted on this show. And I know it for good reason. So we'll get to that in a second. But I think with my third pick here, look, I want to be able to get into a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I want to, I want to, basically I can, I can get in anywhere and see whatever I want if I'm invisible. So Sue Storm is coming with me. Oh man. (laughs) Double storms. (laughs) It's true. Uh, So yeah, I've got, I've got so far, I've got Storm, Thanos and Sue Storm. And all right. I have so many others that are that are better picks than what I'm about to do here, but I have to do this because it's kind of crazy that this this character has not been chosen for a draft on this podcast yet. And I don't know if uh, if anybody's noticed, but there have been some weird issues with like blackouts in in Walt Disney World lately, where power is just suddenly going out and where attractions are down for an extended period of time. Uh, that's not going to be an issue when my character with me here is living electricity. I am taking our namesake, <laughs> Zax. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, Very specific, specific yeah. use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you first, know what? You know, uh, the power outages are probably related to the storms. So you kind of already covered with your first pick. But you know what? I, uh... I, I You know what? I don't know if that is the case because I feel like they've got to be used to those storms here. But also... Uh, you know what? If I need to charge my phone during the day, uh, Zax has got me. <laughs> yes, you Forget can either get an external rod. charger or use a character to charge yeah. your phone. <laughs> Listen, um, our, our podcast is named after a character who does not do much else, okay? So yeah. that I had to put him to good use. So remember the scene in, uh, I know we're going to the other company, but Shazam where he's charging people's phones and yes. they start to catch on fire. That's kind of how I see that happening. So that, that may be a questionable option. You, you might be right. You might be right. But I think Sue Storm can probably keep Zax in line, uh, you know, at least manage his power with a force field or something. So I think we'll, we'll work out well together. Well, now I feel bad for mocking you so much about very specific uh, use because my, my last one is also going to be a fairly specific uh, power set. Um, but I'm a big fan of the international parks. And the only thing that's frustrating about them is while a lot of it you can get around with just English, it's nice to know the native language. And sure, yeah. Shuri could probably create something to translate. But I'm going to take Cypher so that we can, no matter where we go, we're covered on the language front. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. I did not even think about like the international parks and that language barrier. That's That's a really smart pick. It thought of exactly that thought, but I w- didn't figure a character that would be like, I'm going to take a character that can just translate things. That right. work <laughs> for me, but that I you get a, another good shot at that, Kyle. Excellent. All right, Jeremiah, Mr. Irrelevant here. Who's going to be the final pick? This one's difficult. Um, Sue Storm was just like in my head and I was thinking almost the exact same reason why you said um, I really have two characters in my head. One, I don't want to say just because it's the worst possible thing. Um, and, and I will, I, I will throw out the name after I pick the one that I am going to go with. And this one going back to like, 
the Disney Cruise Line or staying at the hotel and being out on the beach or at the pool, in my head, one of the things that has always remained a Marvel comic icon was in the 90s when they used to do the swimsuit issues Mm -hmm. and She-Hulk. For that, I also love She-Hulk and I can imagine instead of having to be invisible or the 50% that Thanos would get rid of, She-Hulk can just push everybody out of the way that's needed. Yeah, that's uh, that that definitely serves that purpose. I thought about She-Hulk or even Hulk for that exact purpose, but then I was like, you got to keep them in line. Otherwise, your whole group might be getting kicked out of the park. Mm-hmm. But She-Hulk, <laughs> and she has, you know, not savage She-Hulk. We're talking yeah. lawyer. So if we okay. get any type of argument, she can win. That's fair. I like it. That's a, a solid uh, She-Hulk and Mickey Mouse. I love that you got both of those picks <laughs> on one team here. <laughs> All right. Uh, what were your What were the other thoughts you had, Jeremiah? Um, I really don't want to say it because it's just like there are many reasons, but the most selfish and kind of rude and very no i'm not gonna even say it i'll tell you guys afterwards it's not something that i want to <laughs> be put out in the universe all right fair enough <laughs> kyle did you have any other honorable mentions i did i had uh star lord just for that fun factor we talked about with peter um vision in case you wanted to debate ship of theseus while you're waiting in queues and uh <laughs> professor x if you want to take the ada line Okay, thank you. I didn't want to say that, but that was the exact reason and the great parking. I thought I thought that might be where Jeremiah was going. Yeah. Um, I thought, Kyle, I thought you were going to say Star-Lord just because he hasn't been to Epcot since the 80s. So. I w- I, that was actually when I told Becca that he, I was putting him on my list. I was like, and he visited Epcot in the 80s, you know? Right. I, uh, I also thought domino for the same reason that you went with shuri i was like if you want to get that virtual queue you need a little bit of luck so ah. uh, you would be helpful there and then uh, i thought of nightcrawler because same reason you took quicksilver nightcrawler is just gonna bamf me everywhere i want to go and uh i don't want to wait in line so i'm just gonna have loki create an illusion of me standing in line while i do other stuff so that was another option i had as well loki was in there for me um the one that i when you first asked me to do this, the first character that jumped to my head was Howard the Duck. And why? <laughs> because how cool would it be to go to the parks with Howard the Duck? That might be pretty fun. I, I, he would probably just find a way to complain about everything the yeah. whole time. <laughs> uh, so real quick, I'll just run through our, our final teams here. Uh, Jeremiah took Tony Stark, Kang, Mickey Mouse, and She-Hulk. Kyle got Quicksilver, Peter Parker, Shuri, and Cypher. I got Storm, Thanos, Sue Storm, and Zax. So uh, those are our Disney vacation teams. And uh, Jeremiah, thank you for joining us for this ridiculous draft once again. Anytime. You know how much I love going into the deep dives of uh, Marvel for no real reason other than to make (laughs) us sound like we're bigger nerds than we really are. Oh, I don't don't know if that's possible because we are pretty big nerds. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of the Zacks of Life podcast. Uh, Thanks again to Jeremiah for joining us for this draft. Keep an eye out on our uh, Twitter account 
at Zacks of Life Pod, where you can vote in the poll for this draft. Uh, again, I feel like this is anyone's game. Uh, Jeremiah literally took Mickey Mouse, so uh, I might have blown my chances with Zacks at the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had to, we had at least two character, three characters, because I don't think anyone's ever taken Mickey Mouse. So each one of us have a never before drafted character on our rosters this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? I drafted with my heart. So at the end of the day, I'm happy. Me too. Had to get our namesake in there somehow. Anyway, we will be back next week. Of course, check out LaughingPlace.com for all the Marvel news uh, and all the Disney news in general. Uh, Check out Laughing Place on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and on Twitch for uh, Marvel Time on Wednesdays, where we'll break down uh, Loki and all of the Marvel comics going on. Uh, And yeah, we'll, we'll be back for another episode next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.